0: <laughs> how many? Hannes,
1: how many, Hannes, Honus. 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 Hello, and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. Uh,
0: my name is Craig Moorhead. And I'm Sean Harwell, and this is the podcast where we talk about some movies that uh, a lot of us haven't seen.
1: And today's movie is Soldier Blue. It came out in 1970, starring Candace Bergen of Murphy Brown fame. Donald Pleasance of Halloween fame Mm -hmm. and Peter Strauss of Soldier Blue fame.
0: (laughs) Don't you wish that he was in the movie fame? So you could just say, "of fame, fame. I do. Yeah, the fame, fame.
1: Well, we'll get to that at some point. We'll find something with Irene Cara in it or something. Right. So Soldier Blue is is, um, inspired by the events of the 1864 Sand Creek Massacre in the Colorado Territory, which was basically uh, a bunch of our uh, cavalry uh, heroes from other Westerns, in real life decided to, you know, massacre a ton of Native Americans and rape some of them and just generally behave like uh, horrible, horrible people. Sean, you'd never heard of this movie before I mentioned it. What are your thoughts on this uh, now, having seen it?
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I do my best, as as I always try to do, to completely stay away from it until I'm sitting on the couch, uh, got the streaming service fired up and, and ready to rock. And so, yeah, I, I knew nothing except for I did kind of look at the little thumbnail poster and saw, oh, Candace Bergen is in this. Uh, this, is, this could be interesting. And... I got to say I don't know it's weird for me to say that nostalgia takes over but even just seeing that sort of blue MPAA rating rated R screen and then rolling into uh god forgive me I don't know I remember if it was Paramount or whatever but just the opening from the opening credits on I was like okay I'm in um and again it's like uh, it feels like it's nostalgia for a time that I wasn't even born, you know, it's like, uh, these movies, but, um, it it did, it, it has like a real sensibility to it that, that feels like it's, it's setting up something very familiar as far as like this comforting Western where good and evil is going to be pretty clearly defined. Um, and you're going to be rooting for the good guys and, and waiting for them to get the bad guys. And that's certainly not the case, uh, almost from the word go, you know, um, as soon as that cavalry is attacked and then we're left to to, to find that uh you know are sort of uh i don't know would i wouldn't even call them star-crossed lovers but they're sort of oil and water here with Peter Strauss and Candice Bergen uh you've got a woman who uh lived with the Cheyenne for i guess it says 2 years and um now you know she's sort of in that weird territory of being somewhat assimilated with them and and yet still very much a white i guess you know what would have been middle class woman at the time and uh you know she sort of establishes right from the get-go that what you think about the indians is not necessarily what she thinks about the indians or what you should think about the indians and peter strauss is sort of the ultimate uh not completely inept but somewhat inept innocent uh straight guy and i I don't really want to that to sound negative i really enjoyed his performance um but yeah, so it kind of hit all the right marks for me. I also, um, I know we can talk about this a little bit later, but this particular subject matter is something that I'm interested in creatively and had read a book earlier this year that's kind of in the same wheelhouse. And so I was I was completely on board as soon as I realized this is what we were getting. And I got to say, I think the movie for, for the most part, it's satisfied me. I was interested in what was going on. There's a bit of a slow part, I think, after kind of Donald Pleasance shows up. And I uh, will say I tuned out for a little bit, but um, don't know, on the whole, I think it's it's a pretty interesting movie, especially. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But when you look at the context of when this came out and what's obviously a sort of direct uh, allegory to Vietnam.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it came out uh, again in 1970. Uh, it, it was coming out, you know, very much in reaction to Vietnam, I think, in general. And uh, what was so exciting about this movie to me, because I really didn't know anything about it either, outside of, I knew Candace Bergen was in it, I knew it was a Western. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that it was considered at all controversial or or even what it was really dealing with until I got into it. How did you and, hear about
0: this movie, Craig? Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but where did it even show up on your radar? Because, I mean, again, it's like, yeah. I had completely no knowledge of this movie, and which is strange for something that does seem like it had a pretty reactionary response to it from the critics and, and the public.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I found it mainly by uh, researching movies for this show, just okay. going through streaming services and just mm-hmm. trying to find things that looked interesting that I'd never heard of. And and I think this one came up... Somehow this one popped up, and it popped up with the poster. And on the poster, it has that shot of, of clearly a, a, a naked... A naked, uh, Native American woman, uh, arms tied behind her back. She's looking off into the distance where it looks like an army is rushing toward her. And across the top, it said, the most savage movie in history. Right. And I said, okay. but And then, starring Candace Bergen, who, again, I grew up totally with as Murphy Brown. So I yes, like, you don't okay. think
0: of her as being in any way related to anything savage, I guess. No, no, yeah.
1: not at all. So, yeah, so, so that was... Um, so, yeah, so that's all I knew going in. I was excited enough because it, it was a Western from around that time. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Westerns and I'd never heard of it. And kind of what I'm so excited about now, after having seen it, is that, uh, you know, not that it is a 100% uh, in- infallible movie, but the mix of of humor to atrocity... <laughs> and the range that this movie travels i don't think it really mixes it necessarily successfully but it doesn't uh, matter because it yeah. mixes it, it it's it's just like okay we it's a funny road movie and now that person's being raped and it's a funny road movie again and then someone just got decapitated and you know after a it, while it's just like what, what wow what am i watching like some of the some of the stuff is so goofy and then some of it's a rom- a romance and then it's like then it wants to be you know then it wants to be like your your message movie um and and yeah, like I you know it, it's not it's not like it follows one tone and, and it finds this amazing tone where all that stuff holds together, but that's part of what I really liked about it because it would just throw everything at you,
0: so yeah, I think you're absolutely right, it's not necessarily a tone, but it does feel like like there's an uh, an umbrella here where all this stuff safely fits underneath, and i I think a lot of of this is. Is really driven by Candice Bergen, and you know, I read another review that was sort of comparing her relationship with Peter Strauss in this movie to somewhat like you know, it's like watching Bogart and Catherine Hepburn in *The African Queen*, where okay, you've seen this before, where these two people are definitely not on the same wavelength, not on the same pole of uh, of their take on the situation, and yet you sort of know that they're going to have somewhat of a a relationship, a romantic relationship. But usually those kind of movies are not set in the middle of yeah. <laughs> Indian and cavalry massacres with one side, you know, burning and smoking the other side out and scalping each other. And you know, you've you got bows and arrows and you know, gunshot wounds to the face, like right in the first 10 minutes. And yet, I don't know, man, it, it's still like one of the movies I thought it was like, oh, you know, here's like a Peckinpah movie or, or even Straw Dogs or something. It, just like, it does feel like it's sort of of an era where they were pushing these boundaries a little bit and like, God, I mean, you would never be able to get this movie made today. I mean, for starters, uh, you know, we're talking about something that's extremely violent and, I mean, who's the antagonist in this movie? Yeah. There's not like a villain that I can think of really.
1: You know, it's, it's them battling the elements. It's them battling each other, like the, their ideologies as far as you know who are the, who's the enemy and who's not the enemy, and I mean that kind of makes sense. They they don't even know who the they can't even decide who the enemy is. Um, although it's it's pretty clear in the movie, it's one hundred percent crystal clear who the enemy turns out to be. It's us, and 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 a little bit it's Isaac Cucumber.
0: Hey, gosh, the movie you know it's it's weirdly sexual. Uh, even I mean, what are we two minutes in when the the guy that's sort of riding alongside. Honus is talking about, you know, (laughs) Candace Bergen's boobs. Yeah, I mean, very first scene. I mean, and it's so weird, too, where he's, yeah, he's talking about, I wonder how many Cheyenne got to her. Like, doesn't that kind of turn you on? (laughs) It's like, oh, this is what we're in for. Okay. That is somewhat of a feminist take and a historical perspective on this where, you know, these women that were kind of usually, and I don't even know how crystal clear this was, in this particular movie, but, like, usually, yeah, there are certainly stories of women, white women that were abducted uh, in, you know, Indian raids, and, you know, later, you know, they can either assimilate or just they're basically forced to assimilate to survive, and they get returned to the white world by either rescue or whatever means, and then suddenly the white dudes, you know, don't want them. They think they're tainted and all this stuff, And, and this was... I was surprised by that reaction by the soldier in the beginning because it was somewhat the opposite of that, that he was turned on by the fact that she had been, you know, probably raped by her captors. Um, And then, but again, it's like, you know, you get that, and then, you know, what are we, 20 minutes later, and Candace Bergen's character herself is is playing up the sexuality of, of what she, you know, is doing by pulling off her undergarments And because she's hot and then laying on the ground in such a way that, you know, it's just, she's pelvis first basically against the ground right beside this, this poor soldier. Who's like trying to keep an air of modesty. Um, And that again, like that only, it only snowballs from there with some of that stuff. Um,
1: Candace Bergen, who is uh, perfectly cast for this character, because I don't think she could come across as anything but a strong woman character. And she is driving this whole thing. Honus is this very broad, pearl-clutching prude uh, who just can't believe that there's evil in the world. And, you know, she's the one mm-hmm. who's, who's seen it all. And, and that's kind of one of the places where, for me, the movie kind of fights itself, which is, okay, yeah, she's this very strong woman character. But she was kidnapped by the Native Americans. So the Native Americans are not, or certainly not... Yeah. Uh, a, a feminist utopia. They're still just treating women like property as well. And then she goes back to them, no. and it's like, no, they're the, they're great. <laughs> yes. Like, but come on, they they kidnapped you. They treated you like like a piece of meat. Th- there are little edges like that that kind of stick it, out here and there. Coming out of the era, it, it had just come out of. Uh, it's definitely an incredibly progressive Western. <laughs> that I think, and and sort of how broad the Honus character was.
0: But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at this as a message movie, which it sort of wants to be by the end of this thing, I mean, in that last, you know, final moments, which we can talk about, but uh, I-, I think you're going to come away with a fairly muddled <laughs> uh, take uh, from this thing, you know. And actually, I was I was reading what Roger Ebert had to say about this thing. You know, he brings up a really good point too, which is something I think, you know, we're still seeing modern movies learn how to deal with. I think maybe most recently with the response to uh, Cameron Crowe's Aloha and Emma Stone being kind of cast as supposedly a somewhat native Hawaiian Asian woman or like a quarter Hawaiian. Anyway, in this movie, at least, yeah, there's definitely some Native American actors in this thing. But for a movie that is so gung ho about pointing out the atrocities of the white man uh, at the Native American expense to the point where Candace Bergen even says, like, who do you think the Native Americans learned how to scalp from yeah. right you've got all this and yet there's i couldn't tell you a native american character's name i don't think there's more than like two yeah. speaking lines for any of them and you know roger ebert had this great thing that he said that you know for all this is like they they somehow find a way to not get close to the camera and the hero in these movies still kinds of end up being white right which is it's somewhat the same case here it's like yeah you know uh kind of like the savior of these people, which, you know, again, that's muddling the message, but I'm, I'm with you. Like it's still, it it fails, I guess on that regard, but I think it's, at least it's raising the issue. (laughs) At least it's, it's, it's kind of positing something that's counter, uh, a counter argument to what we've heard for so long. And uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's unfortunate that this movie has somewhat kind of fallen off the radar, at least for, probably a a, a lot of modern dudes like us who watch a lot of movies and still had never heard of this thing. You know, it's unfortunate. I think it should be seen.
1: Yeah. Um, And I think it, it helps a lot that, that, you know, that it's 45 years old going in, uh, because yeah, anything, anything like this that came out Mm -hmm. now, uh, and I guess, you know, the argument can be made that even, you know, watching dances with wolves would make you feel a little like not so great. White man's always the hero type thing, but, uh, um with this you can you can kind of put that baggage down and appreciate how far it was actually going um mm-hmm. you know in uh all of Ebert's pointers are 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 right on I mean that's that's very true I mean they don't they it's 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 a movie talking about the evils of white men who's completely concerned with white men and that's it <laughs> Uh, it's it's really not very concerned with the lives of the actual Native Americans <laughs> and don't have any idea what it's like to live a day in their lives.
0: No. And that may be a bigger problem of the, the business of Hollywood, right? I mean you know, it's it it's you hate to even suggest that the argument against doing that is well, like who's gonna go see that movie, you know? Um but that's But then again, as a as a revisionist
1: Western it does make sense because that's what every western was about, anyway. Exactly, you know. So mm-hmm. you might as well make one that looks exactly like that western, and then you know, you yeah. bring everybody in, put the butts in the seats.
0: We're we're gonna get to that point, I guess. I mean, maybe we got set back a little bit by Long Ranger and Johnny Depp playing a Native American, but uh, God Almighty, I, I, I don't know. I feel like we should talk about that last uh, about ten minutes. I mean, just the final climax of the movie—that is the battle. Well, yes. I, it definitely felt like it was building t- to this. Yeah. And yet... Well, it's,
1: it, it's set up at the very beginning, in the opening crawl.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: But I, I think they actually say, you know, the the end of this is, you know, super brutal because we're trying to make it a happened. point, basically.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, which is man, that stuff works so well. I think, I mean, on me at least I'm like a sucker for If you do that in the front of your movie, oh, yeah. all right, let's do it. I mean, that's crazy. Cause I, yeah, I had even forgotten it at this point, but I was still, it's like, God, that I love those things. Even like when they did it in Fargo, um, at the beginning of that, which wasn't even true. Yeah. Based uh, on, yeah but, any of that
1: stuff. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, what was your reaction? I mean, I, I know you watch a lot of horror movies, but did you find that stuff shocking to watch, um, 45 years later? Uh,
1: Yes, I mean, yes and no. Um, again, I think I think it comes back to how things feel a little mixed up and mismatched. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and 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 for the whole massacre at the end, um, a, a lot of it was was right on, and it was it was very intense. There's a bit where where several soldiers are ripping the clothes off of a woman and throwing her on the ground, and I mean, any year that's brutal scary stuff to watch no matter what and then you have other bits that are completely completely unrealistic and take you out of it right. the blood is is like the red paint blood from that time yeah someone gets decapitated and it's clearly <laughs> a dummy with a head yeah. you know I, I mean couldn't be more clear and and it's i mean it's the kind of stuff you just forgive but at the same time it doesn't doesn't kind of keep you in its grip the entire time the way say like the beginning of saving private ryan would where not for a second do you think that you're not actually watching what happened? I mean, it's it's a really impressive sequence. It doesn't really lose its way. the the, the effects kind of kind of fight what they're trying to do. It feels like um, it's hard to look at a bunch of bodies laying around with red paint on them and, and not kind of feel like oh come on, <laughs> you know I, I know what yeah. a bloody body looks like now. Um, yes, you do. But uh, but it's still I mean it's still very effective. I thought the vomit at the end was very realistic. So I can't say that yeah. everything wasn't right. Um, I wasn't even. And, and they went really, they yeah, went I, really far, a lot farther with the gore than I thought they would. I think a kid gets his eyeball
0: shot out. Oh my god! Yeah, there's boobs getting cut off and all kinds of stuff.
1: The the general is going to shoot a kid whose leg was just blown off. Like it's it's mean and it's it's definitely sickening and very dark at the end, even though uh, even though the visuals don't necessarily quite transport you you know, in the way that we would expect them now.
0: You're right. Yeah, I think there's there's also little subtle differences just even in um, some of the performances from those Calvary guys. I mean, I, I remember specifically there's that one shot where they're holding down the woman, I think, and then just blasting off shots at all the kids. Like, a, or I guess they're holding Candace Burke. Anyway, you can just kind of – you don't even get to see all of their face, but there's like two or three guys there, and you can just – and they're, they're smirking – like, laughing, like, almost, I mean, to yeah. me, like, that totally could have happened, it feels mm-hmm. somewhat cartoonish to me in 2015 to have your bad guys be that bad that they're laughing at doing something like that, you know, uh, and then all the, you know, I mean, there's there's some of that, like, celebrating stuff that I feel like. Yeah, that, that would be handled a little differently today. But I gotta say the blood didn't really bother me. Uh and boy, mm-hmm. there's there's some really impressive stunt work I think in this movie and, and all the horse I mean, there were so many instances like oh, my God, they're going to get ran over by all these horses. Like, Get out of the way. I mean, there's some really – and part of that, I'm sure, is just the way they position the camera. And,
1: and part of it might have been because regulations were a yes. lot looser back then. <laughs> yeah, especially with animals. Uh, uh, but, yeah, yeah, they really went for it. There wasn't a lot of uh, – they weren't pulling their punches.
0: Yeah, and uh, it looks good. There was even very early on, I think, in the, in the opening battle where uh, you've got – and Bergen kind of rocking around and jumping here and there and getting out of the way. And I'm sure those were stunt doubles. They looked pretty convincing, uh, all that stuff. I I don't know. I just, I, it, it stood out to me as being well done in that regard in this movie, which I think a lot of, you know, a lot of these other Westerns sometimes either a, yeah, you end up cringing because something bad is happening to the horse or B, it just, it doesn't quite have, uh, the same sort of dramatic impact that I I felt like here. So I got to, I tip my hat to that stuff. I mean, I thought there was just generally speaking, the action was really well shot. It didn't feel like completely static. uh, Yeah. You know, but, and yet it wasn't so kinetic the way a lot of action is today. Uh, So I I don't know. It felt like it was, again, it felt like a product of its era in a lot of good ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a step forward. It felt Mm -hmm. like you could see movies taking a bit of a step forward right Right, there. yeah. And I wanted to say it was produced by... This may go nowhere, but it was produced by Joseph Levine. He had produced a a ton of movies back then. And I I feel like The Graduate was one of the first ones that became something that critics liked. Right. Uh, Because I I seem to remember he was like a big B-movie guy. And then Graduate came out and had Oscars and and then after that he sort of um every now and again would kind of get that oscar bug and just want to (laughs) put something out super important right and i felt like this is just one of those and 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 um again you know thinking about why it's it's not talked about more or at least we haven't heard of it that much uh again seems to be that that uneasy mix of of tones in the movie but uh but yeah, I just when I saw his movie at the begin I mean, his name at the beginning, um, that's what I was thinking about was, you know, he was he was going for an Oscar on that one.
0: Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, although it does like as soon as you were talking about it, I was like, it does sort of feel like this is a good combination of those two <laughs> worlds in a weird way. You know, there are some yeah. like B movie aesthetics in this, I think a little bit, and then yet yeah, you, you definitely have uh something that's that's pushing for a more serious tone. Uh, the, uh, you know, yeah. the director, Ralph Nelson, I don't know if you looked at his credits. I, don't, I can't say I've seen a single movie that he's done beside this, but he's got some great yeah. t- stuff on there. You know, Lily's in the Field and um, Charlie. And uh, he's also directed a movie which mm-hmm. I think has one of the best titles I've ever seen that I would love for us to watch at some point if we can find it. And that would be A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich.
0: Yeah. Paul Winfield.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah, we'll be watching that.
1: On Hulu. It's on Hulu.
0: Ain't nothing but a A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich. The full movies
1: on Hulu. Yes. Ain't nothing but a Sandwich. Uh
0: what did you think what did you think about uh the performances in this? I mean, obviously we got two main people, but then Donald Pleasance has a pretty strong supporting role.
1: Yeah. Peter Strauss does a great job as Honus. Uh totally agree. I never and by the way, Honus. The name Honus, you grew up. Well, you grew up in Ohio, right?
0: <laughs> no, I grew up in North. Carolina. But I was gonna Carolina. say,
1: like, oh, you grew up in North Carolina. Oh yeah. Why do I think Ohio?
0: Because yeah, I lived there for a few years.
1: Okay, well, I don't know about you, but but Honus was was sort of a, a nickname that was thrown around. Mm-hmm. People would just would hey Honus, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I've never heard it as an actual name, so I couldn't get over it the whole time I'm watching this. Like Honus to me is just how was really it used as a nickname? I mean, nickname. was that
0: yeah? Was that a generally yeah, a positive not, thing or a compliment? No, it's like, hey, bro, hey, hey Honus. Honus.
1: It, it, yeah, it was never like bad. It was just like a thing that people said. No, Honus. That that I mean, always struck me as funny back then. Honus, I don't know that anyway. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, so Peter Strauss does a great job as Honus. He's he's clearly comic relief, at least at the beginning. Um. But he's yeah, also. I, I, I feel like everybody was pretty steady with with what they were yeah. doing. I mean, uh, Candace Bergen is super tough. Donald Pleasance comes in and he's just an utter clown. He's yeah. bizarre. The voice, he's clearly. The teeth. Cl- yeah. Yeah. And 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 maybe there's a point I'm missing because and and maybe it's all maybe he's kind of the 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 key to it because he comes in he, <laughs> I don't he's think so. nothing I, but a joke. Right. But then he also turns out to be one of the scariest characters. Yeah, he's an you know, arms like he's, dealer to the
0: Native Americans, right?
1: Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, something's off with him anyway. But he's also when you know he he gives the movie a good jolt of uh, of comedy, and then and then he turns out to be you know pretty scary.
0: Right. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed seeing him in this thing. Even though I'm, I'm with you. It felt like a a slight uh, deviation from the main plot. But uh, I thought, yeah, Peter, just to go back to Peter Strauss for a second, he's comedic relief, but then he also, in a weird way, I mean, he, he's probably the closest you're getting to being the eyes of the audience. You know, he's, he's the character that's probably going to represent our moral compass uh, to a large degree, mm-hmm. even if you put aside the fact that he's completely biased against Native Americans from the start. You know, what he is, he is more deeply affected by what he's seeing in a way that I think the rest of us would respond to uh, if we were put in that situation. But uh, I just, I I don't know, I was surprised that, uh, A, I I didn't know who the heck this guy was. I mean, he sort of looks like he could fit in that Peter Fonda, Easy Rider mold, you know, he's got the good looks and the long hair. Yeah. I just thought he was really, really solid. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. w- I looked at his resume a little bit, and there's really nothing that was jumping out to me as, as being something that, oh, yeah, i got to go watch this now because of this guy. But I would I would certainly be Same open here. to Same here, yeah. I, I figured you
1: know. I was going to find a bunch of stuff, and I didn't, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, but he's been working solidly. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love to see something else he's in. And then with Candace Bergen, I mean, boy, it's hard to point at what she did is anything other than i i'm assuming what the script was calling for but yeah there are some sh- sharp right turns with her character in this thing uh i mean we got to talk about them kind of cuddling yeah. <laughs> and where all of that leads to it just yeah i don't i don't know. i had a hard time with with her being that kind of forward and and you know, what she's doing, it's not even romantic because she's the one saying, you know, OK, you understand that we're only together here in this particular situation and circumstance. And I right. believed her when she said that, you know, and I think the the rest of the film kind of bears that out. You know, she does not go back to Honus when mm-hmm. she leaves the cavalry. Um, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. I it, It's interesting to watch this in light of Murphy Brown, because you can see, obviously, like. Yeah, she's great at that type of character. I mean, she's cursing like a sailor in this thing and clearly saying lines that would not probably have been spoken by anybody back then. Maybe the crustiest of dudes might have uttered some of, you know, (laughs) I wrote down at one point, she just yells out the word, balls, you know, which was great. (laughs) But I feel like nobody's saying that (laughs) in in the 1800s, are they? Maybe.
1: I, I don't know. But I'm They're glad she did. Then.
0: Glad she did. And then, uh, I don't know. I mean, did you did you have a good sort of handle on what like the sort of sexual compass of her character was? No. Um, Should we? If anything, Are we supposed to? I, I, does it matter? Uh, I don't know.
1: Well, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. We were talking about how Honus is the closest we come to having sort of the the moral compass of, of the audience. And I don't want to get too much into saying, you, you know, uh, w- what would happen in the real world versus what would not happen in the real world. Right. It's, but someone like Honus seems, uh, in the real world, seems very unlikely because anyone who starts out hating native Americans and then watches all his buddies get killed by a bunch of native Americans is not then going to probably ever switch sides. Yeah. Ever and
0: especially a soldier.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, like it's not very
0: soldierly, I guess. Right. I mean, and
1: there, I mean, you know, clearly there have been plenty of folks have been in the military and come out of the military and say the military is doing stuff wrong. I I don't agree with, you know, the way they do things, but, but he seems like a very unlikely character. And then so does she, um, someone who she's been kidnapped, which is traumatic enough. Uh, I I don't know if she was treated well or not within the Native American community, Um, but uh, no matter what, she comes out, she has this allegiance to them. She meets a soldier who wants to kill them. I feel like these two are not going to stay together long. There's a lot of suspension of disbelief right off the bat. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I I guess what what I'm trying to get to is as far as why they hook up in a cave later, (laughs) I feel like all that kind of stuff was needed to to help ease you into the idea that at the end they're on the same side like i feel like yeah, it was kind of a shorthand in a way yeah i think you're right you know um he did it he did it partially because uh, there's this girl that he is quote unquote in love with now which you would not be in love with someone after going through all that stuff you might have very strong feelings for them and you would have a shared experience that would be insane but yeah. but it's it's kind of like speed where yeah, you had this crazy day, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you're not in love, as no, is it, proven by Speed too. She's not even with Keanu anymore, right? <laughs> uh,
0: no, you're you're totally right. It's it's a very much a movie romance only. But uh, even within the context of that, there's it's like I, one of the things I loved about uh, Candice Bergen's performance and character was uh, there's I think that very early on when they've her and Honus have kind of broken away from the cavalry after they've been attacked, and she's sort of explaining. attacked them you know it's not i think he maybe thought they were comanche or something and she's like no no not." and she's like it was spotted wolf and he's like well how do you know that she's like i was married to him i mean like the way she delivers that line it's like she's thinking (laughs) about it very fondly (laughs) and it's just like yeah that's so cool because it just it definitely complicates the the the, the situation there and like yo what what, would be your response as a dude hearing a woman say that after this has just happened um So it it is very much a fictionalized romance. I think all the sexual situations are pretty fictionalized as far as anything that would happen in any form of reality. But, man, again, it worked. I don't know what to say. I don't have a better excuse for it than that. It just kind of worked for me.
1: You know, it it definitely worked, and and especially at the time, it it may have even been uh, that much more necessary to do it that way to, to have the impact it was going to have. I mean, if you had Native Americans who were both good and bad and your cavalry was both good and bad, then that movie probably would have felt a little bit soft, you know? Yeah. Like, you probably wouldn't have known where you were in it. The whole point was the bad guys are now the good guys. Good guys are the bad guys. And let us blow your mind for two hours.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and, and a really interesting sort of case study in how to take i don't know it's like it's like it went through the buffet and sort of cherry-picked which uh elements of traditional story templates it wanted to take to use to the whole to service the whole point of like this movie definitely seems like to just have that final five minutes you know to have that massacre and then have that crawl at the end you know um and so it's really interesting to see that you know and i wish um it's something I would love to kind of try. And I wish there were probably more avenues available within kind of like the modern business to do this sort of thing. Uh, But I don't know. I felt like there was a lot to take away from this movie as someone, you know, interested in in writing or whatever you want to do in the, in the the film world. But uh, I also just liked hearing Candace Bergen burp.
1: But you know, that's a good question. I mean, thinking about is there a revisionist, uh movie to be made in any genre maybe superheroes or maybe watchmen already blew that wad i don't know it's tough to imagine uh you would not blow my mind by making a movie about a superhero who's a bad guy Uh, right well yeah you wouldn't blow my mind to have a slasher movie where the guy who's killing everybody is the good guy you know it's Mm -hmm. um and maybe it's just not as simple as switching those two sides
0: what about Inglorious Bastards? Where do you see something like that, or even Django Unchained, kind of fitting into this? Maybe, the, but it's, Man, it's that's hard, tough. Uh, um, yeah, because it's so it's revisionist to the point of just it's just fantasy as far as in regards yeah. to the to the history. Um, well, what's
1: interesting is I, I think, uh, especially with Inglorious, is Tarantino's still playing the World War Two. Uh, soldiers uh u.s soldier heroes essentially uh they're definitely way more brutal um but but i i do think uh i do think it's pretty tough to have a movie where nazis are the bad guy and uh you for you to try and switch it around and say yeah, the that that U.S. were bad guys <laughs> like that's no probably ain't happening yeah even if there's a u.s soldier who was really mean to a nazi i'm probably not going to feel that bad about it
0: and uh you know django was a little maybe more interesting on this note just because i mean i remember distinctly reading that spike lee was like yeah the history of my ancestors and slavery was not a spaghetti western sorry like you know it's just like uh, and you you've had to kind of sympathize with that and understand it i i personally I've thought the movie was a blast and laughed all the way throughout, but it's 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 tough to pull that off because I, the original thing I was going to bring up was like maybe the, the thing to do is to, you know, maybe you do have to go back to further distant history, you know, and that's part of the issue with trying to, to make a movie that has anything to do with any of the wars that we've been involved in the last 20 years, you know, yeah. uh, the difficulty there and, and anything even doing with terrorism. Um, yeah. just say, I would love to see, yeah, like, keep revising the Western I'm I'll go watch those like make it happen let's you know go do a flip on film noir or something and like you know set it in the 1700s or whatever the case may be so you're not going to piss anybody off um, and you can kind of get away with being uh, historically inaccurate or just at least bringing up a different side and, and you know questioning what the the rhetoric is as far as who are the heroes and who are the villains
1: well i mean but but that's the thing i I guess i guess to be to be sort of equivalent to soldier blue it would have to be uh a superhero movie Mm -hmm. somehow you know it would have to be here's the most popular genre everyone goes to it to see x good guy beat up uh y bad guy and then uh, and and you got you got to twist that somehow that that watchmen didn't already do (laughs) (laughs) Um, And do it,
0: do it as intelligently as watch. Exactly. Good luck. Uh, One thing I want to bring up before we move on completely, there is a book, if you're at all interested in like soldier blue and just that, that sort of story of, you know, the cowboys versus Indians and the reality of it. Uh, I read a book earlier this year called the searchers. It was the making of an American legend by Glenn Frankel and mm-hmm. it was awesome. It, I kind of thought it would just be sort of by the numbers story of John Ford and John Wayne and how that movie got made. But it really is sort of divided into two halves. And the first half deals exclusively with the history that sort of informed that movie. And specifically, um, it's a well-documented woman named Cynthia Ann Parker who was kidnapped by Comanches that the movie sort of is loosely based on and oh man it it's awesome and yeah it just a brutal brutal period uh in the world and you know it it made me appreciate that movie more than i ever have and also made me appreciate i think soldier blue a little bit more so definitely recommend it definitely check it out yeah. and also I, I just i will another thing that we can just i this is a topic for a whole nother thing but you know, when you watch something like Soldier Blue or you look at the searchers or read this book, and I, I thought about this after I read it too, and it, I probably crossed my mind last night as well. It's just so much is made right now about how violent, you know, society is and gun control and all that stuff and all these problems we have. And yeah, I, there's a, a long list of social issues that need addressing that tend to end in violence when you read something like this or watch something like this it is very sad and easy to be cynical about the fact that this has been the way our country has been from kind of day one and i will it ever change i don't know and it, it is is it just something in the the germs of what it means to be america that means that we're always going to have a facet of life that is controlled by violence or set off by violence or just has violence in it again yeah it's I, a good I point i mean it is you know it's and it's sad but god almighty like yeah it is I, I, you know and that's the thing but about that. but the thing
1: the, i mean it's it's not like you can look back it's not like you can look back to a point in our history where suddenly we changed into monsters um i think i think we've all yeah. always been fighting it i think they're you know I, I don't know hopefully you could you could look at it in, in another way where just in general society, um, certainly the way you and I have lived, I, I, I assume has been pretty civilized
0: yeah, more and or less.
1: hasn't, yeah, hasn't involved too much traumatic violence, but yeah, no matter what, there's, there's plenty of traumatic violence and, and not everyone is living, uh, the same experience that we are.
0: Right. And you know, it's nice, definitely not to say that, uh, Every other country doesn't have their own case examples of this exact same thing, and maybe America's been slightly better about documenting it. You know, eventually, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. making movies about it eventually. Um, well, yeah, and, and I think gosh, that's a
1: good just, point. Is is there is that feeling of how uh, how for so long it was completely whitewashed, right? Um, I mean, so much of this stuff was whitewashed. So that's another kind of I think thing of it is in fairly recent memory, we've, we've come out of that and said, Oh, wait a second. The, the whole Indian pilgrim thing wasn't very friendly and neither were all the years after that. And then we started shipping people here to be slaves. So, right. Yeah. Um,
0: and I, I feel like now definitely like these sort of issues, like you look at Abu Ghraib and uh, just as one example, like, uh, these things kind of tend to come to light more quickly, at least on a national scale, as far as like, you know, Mm If you're somewhat paying attention, you will find these things out when they happen much sooner after they happen than they probably did in the past. And yet, I still think our reaction as a society tends to be one of, oh, that sucks. And then, oh, it's on to the next thing. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. And I don't know, man. It part of that's probably just shocking. Yeah, part of that's human nature. I mean, I think you could look at it the flip side is like, yeah, but look, we did move on from this. Like, isn't it amazing that this happened? All these terrible, terrible things happened in the Wild yeah. West. Scalping people and kidnapping people and all this stuff. And yes, we've yeah. made some improvements since then. Uh, if you don't even watch this movie, I think you got to go listen to that title song by uh, Buffy St. Marie. I, lo- I thought it was oh, yeah. great. It's yeah. just the only song that's in the opening credits. And
1: that actually she, drove my wife out of the
0: room. She couldn't I can it. understand that. Her vibrato yeah. sounds like a goat. It definitely sounds. I like thought something was wrong <laughs> with the.
1: Yeah, I thought something was wrong with the file. <laughs> like I thought it was like a bad transfer. But and it's like, kind of. No, it happens no, every it's, time. Yeah, it's
0: kind of amazing, and like I don't it's, know. It's she a perfect beginning. Yeah, and I think it's a great song, and performed really cool, completely unique voice, and I guess she's just been a uh, a big Native American activist her entire life, and is still going strong. So good for her. I need to listen to some more of her stuff, but definitely seek that out if you haven't. Now then, Craig, let's talk about what we're going to watch next, okay? Are you ready?
1: I am ready. All right, so next week, we have our first listener-suggested movie.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, the movie is called The Song. It's from 2014. You, you probably will have to rent it. Uh, as of right now, uh, it is not available streaming anywhere, but uh, you can find it almost anywhere. I believe Sean actually rented it from a grocery store.
0: I did, and I enjoyed the experience. <laughs> if this does change between now and we're recording this and when, uh, you know, closer to when the episode drops, we'll definitely put up links to Amazon or Netflix yeah. or wherever. Uh, I know it's on like iTunes, and you can buy it on all these online places. You just can't rent right. it right now. So. so,
1: but check that out, and we'll be talking about that in depth, and uh, I'm sure that's what you're looking for. In life, yes. <laughs> I know it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, otherwise, everyone uh, stay safe out there. Uh, it's getting cold. It might be snowing. If you go outside, make sure you put chains on your tires.
0: Even if it's not snowing, you're gonna yeah. Want just chains put chains on your, on your
1: tires. tires now. Unless you yeah. have those spiky because tires, like those tires that have metal spikes that come out of them. I don't know <laughs> if those are real, but if they
0: are, you're in good shape. Or just go part downtown until they put a boot on your tire. That's not bad. Four times, yeah. <laughs> and then drive like they did in the Simpsons yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that will give you traction. Excellent yeah. traction for real. Uh
1: so anyway, you can find us online never <laughs> find us online, never heard podcast. Uh you can you can hit us up on Twitter at never podcast. You can hit your find enemies with your Facebook. fists, but we don't recommend it. Uh Mm-mm. and uh I hope you'll hit the iTunes for our podcast next week. Have a good
0: one. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>
1: I try to just make those as long um, as I can. Okay. I know, yeah, but they're funny though.
0: <laughs> we're just keep talking and then like it just gradually fades yeah. out. <laughs> like, yeah. The music comes up podcast. but then the music goes away and we're
1: still talking. Uh yeah. cool man.